listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny, and today we have Brandon back again. Brandon, welcome. So we're still doing the Skype thing. It sucks, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Today we are talking about Metroid Prime. So what's your experience on Metroid Prime, Brandon? Oh, man. I remember the game coming back out, what was it, like early 2000s, and I bought it, and I couldn't get into it back then, and I tried <laughs> really? like three, I tried it three or four times until then, and then, what was it, when I finally started getting into watching Metroid games, and then Yumi played Super Metroid, and I finally got Metroid games, I wanted to go back, so going back, like this was like a new, like almost fresh experience for me. Nice. Uh, when I played it last, um, I think it was when it was first released, maybe a few years afterwards. And I remember it being this big deal because it looked so amazing. And then when I finally got my copy of it, I played a lot of it. And as I was playing it through this time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember this. Oh my gosh, I remember this. And I couldn't believe that I had made it so far, but never beat it. So, you know, it was nice to experience it again, more or less from a fresh point of view, but having these bits and pieces of like, oh my gosh, I remember this part, you know? Yeah. And then to actually beat it is nice too. So uh, this game was developed by Nintendo, of course. Um, it was released in 2002 for the GameCube in North America, and then the rest of the world got it in 2003, which was kind of interesting that North America got it first. Um, then it was re-released for the Metroid Prime Trilogy in 2009, which I think that... Is that the version that you played, Brandon? Yes. So I played the original GameCube version, and you played the Trilogy version. Was that on the Wii or the Wii U? I played the Wii U version because the actual Wii version is was like $90 used and hard to find. So when they released it digitally for the Wii U, the first week it was out, it was only 10 bucks. So I bought it. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah, three games for 10 bucks. I wasn't going to complain. <laughs> sure. All right, so um story-wise <sighs> It's this is a kind of an interesting game in my opinion from like a story point of view and it, and it's kind of similar to the way that they told the story in Super Metroid where it's not really like just handed to you in a story form it's more of a these are the sequence of events and you got to kind of piece together the story as you go and so I'm going to tell the story from the way that I interpreted it but f- Brandon, feel free to interject along the way and just, you know, with with what you know of the story. Um, there is, in the manual, there is a little bit of backstory as far as um, who the Chozos are and who the, the pirates are. And a little bit of backstory from that point of view. But I didn't really find it super relevant to the overall story, so I didn't really include it in the notes that I've written down. So... Here's here's my point of view of the story. Samus comes across a pirate ship that's been infected by alien parasites, and this is just kind of floating off in space. After checking on the ship, she finds that it's overrun by this by these parasites, and there's a queen, a parasite queen that is on the ship. She kills the queen, and the ship begins to destruct. 
And as she's leaving, as she's trying to escape the ship, uh, she damages her power suit, losing most of her power-ups and abilities. As she's actually trying to board her ship, Ridley comes and flies down and attacks her. She jumps into her ship and follows Ridley to the nearby planet Talon 4 and begins to explore the planet, picking up power-ups along the way. So, like, basically, she she follows Ridley to this planet, but, like, she also needs to build up her arsenal because she literally has nothing. As she's looking around the planet, she comes across ancient ruins of the Chozo civilization. These uh, sites all have different power-ups and artifacts that have been left behind by them. And they kind of start to tell the story of a meteor coming down and crashing and starting to spread the hazardous phase on into the world. The more that she explores the world, the more that she finds the space pirates have been building a lab in this world and doing research on the Phazon and actually doing experiments by fusing the Phazon with themselves. So you have to fight some of these Phazon-infused pirates. After she collects all the Chozo artifacts, she uh, has to defeat Ridley, who comes swooping in, After defeating Ridley, she's able to uh, gain access to the Meteor Impact site that I mentioned earlier that was sealed by the Chozo. She explores the Impact site and she finds that there's Phazon-infused Metroids inside this Impact site. There were other Metroids in the world, but they were more like experimental Metroids where these are almost like they were encased within the Meteor itself. As she makes her way to the Phazon core, she finds a Metroid who is completely encased in the Phazon and has been absorbing Phazon for who knows how long, and the game calls him Metroid Prime. She fights Metroid Prime, and he steals one of her suit upgrades that allowed her to be protected from Phazon. The Metroid Prime steals that suit from her. She makes her escape... Uh, with Metroid Prime being... I think the impact site blows up, and then she escapes. It's kind of left ambiguous, like the Metroid Prime probably survives. His battle structure, when you first start off, he's like the spider, where he has this exoskeleton, kind of like a, a protective suit of his own. And when you kill that form, he sheds that exoskeleton, revealing his like starfish form, like an octopus. And he's more vulnerable. So, assuming he takes Samus's phase on suit to, you know, use it as his own suit. But, it, again, it's kind of left open-ended. But, obviously, with there being Metroid Prime 2 and 3 that follows this up, <laughs> obviously, there's more to it than that. Well, and actually, I don't know. I don't. You and I didn't see it in our playthroughs. But, if you go to YouTube, because I went and watched it, there's a different ending for... If you get 100% of all the items. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. There, there, There's an ending scene after the end credits. So, what so is, what's in that? It pretty much shows out of, like, the Metroid Prime body, a dark hand resembling Samus is, like, coming out. Like, the Phazon suit Samus comes out of the crater. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it, it's... It's pretty much, like, well-known now because, like, even on, like, the covers of the other game that, like, there's this thing called, like, Dark Samus Dark later Samus, on. So sure. it pretty, Yeah, so they pretty much, like, hinted at, like, you know, oh, there's going to be another one. <laughs> yeah. Like, right away. 
So, um, what, what I've explained to the story is really how it developed for me. There's a lot of information in there as you scan different bits and pieces of like pirate computer systems and Chozo ruins and, you know, all sorts of stuff you can scan, you get more story, but that, that's kind of the basis of what this game is. Um, yeah. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed how they they gave you story, but like I had no desire to look for the story. So like this was just kind of what I got out of it, but like really from the beginning I had no desire to look for story. It was more exploration for me. Yeah, I looked, but I didn't go around scanning everything just because it, it's monotonous and you don't know exactly what you can scan and I didn't want to spend 20 minutes in a room be like oh what all can i scan and read right because like i can only just imagine it i think it took me like 17 hours to beat the game of like how much longer it would take if i scanned and read everything yeah yeah what and, oh go ahead well and just from what i picked up of the story too is just like yeah you know you got the phase on the chozo race and then you got like the pirates who are there uh, doing the experiments on the Metroids and everything like that because they wanted to actually use the Metroids for their stuff and like try to use their powers or just like use them as weapons and everything like that, which I got and I enjoyed the story. And I'm, you know, coming from Dark Souls to this, it's like, oh, this storytelling makes a lot of sense where it's not directly given to you, it deals with a lot of reading. And I didn't read all of it, but I enjoyed it enough that it's like I wanted to look it up and see what actually happened. It wasn't like I didn't care about the story. Like I wanted to see exactly what all happens. It's just I didn't want to go through the time and effort to actually find and read and deduce it all myself. I think that's kind of my situation too. Like I wasn't, I guess for me, from the beginning, I wasn't so intrigued by what was going on story-wise that I wanted to scan and read everything. I was more just like, yeah, 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 move on. I, I just want to keep moving. I just want to find more stuff. So, you know, from that point of view, like, I think that they could, I don't, I don't know what they could have done differently, but I feel like there should have been something to try and absorb you into the story a little bit more to get you to want to figure out what's going on. But they didn't have to, like it still told its own story, you know? Yeah. So what did you give us for a story? I gave it an eight just because I, I liked at least like the world building that they did and just the general of getting my intrigue. And like, even if I didn't want to scan everything and read it, just getting me like being like, I still want to know what happens and I still want to find it out in the way that they just tied, you know, like just the history of the franchise, you know, the space pirates and Ridley and just doing all this stuff. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I guess, I guess that's part of it too. Coming from super Metroid, like I kind of understood the, the space pirates being this, like kind of a consistent enemy to Samus throughout the series. So, you know, having the space pirates make another entrance and then finding the Metroids and seeing them still doing experiments on Metroids and trying to breed more Metroids. Like you kind of see that, you know, you see that coming back in Metroid Prime, and so, like, I I don't know, I didn't have to have a story fed to me, because I kind of knew some of that backstory already. 
even though I believe the overall story timeline for the Metroid series, I think this game is like early. So I don't know. Yeah. The timeline gets a little weird and just also like how many different Ridley's there are because this was meta Ridley, like regular Ridley and like it goes all over the place. I am confused by it and I don't understand it quite yet. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. All right, well, uh, let's move on to graphics. Um, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Okay. I mean, I, it's still, it's a really gorgeous game, and you can still, I mean, it's probably one of the better, you know, upper echelon of, like, GameCube games, like, when it came out and everything. Um, I didn't think it was exactly perfect, but there was just some amazing things that they did with it, like, especially when you think about the time, like, when you think about the visor, and you think about like the condensation, like when you went to like buy a pipe that was like spraying stuff, or seeing like Samus's reflection. Yep. Like when something lit up and you could see her eyes, and you're like, "Wow, this came out like in the early 2000s," and like it was just amazing, just what they were doing with that little machine. <laughs> and that's that's exactly where I was coming from when I'm giving it this huge score. Is that everything looked great? I mean, you know, this is this is close to a launch title for the GameCube series or, you know, the GameCube as a, as a, uh, system. So it's, you know, it's just amazing that they made everything look so good. The water looked really good. The monsters looked really good. The ship was really cool and dynamic and, um, all of the, the different effects, like when you get, you know, when, when there's fire coming down on you or somebody hits you with like a, an ice missile or whatever, it, all those effects look amazing. The bosses look really, really cool. The x-ray like filter that you can have is really unique and interesting. And uh, it's just, it's such a clever design for the entire game throughout the entire game. There wasn't any point that I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this looks bad or I, I never really noticed anything clipping through walls or you know something in the world that didn't quite make enough sense you know within its own universe yeah and just like sitting there just thinking about it because you know you're taking an, a 2d game which people you know there's a, a big you know a pretty good following for metroid like over here i'm not sure about japan i think it's like a little bit less but people really like these games and super metroid was loved by everyone and then you totally change it to a first-person game. Yeah, and that was something that this game started. It started, you know, it, it moved Metroid into that first-person view. And, like, I thought the Metroids were really, really great in the graphics-wise. Because you see them, you're like, oh. But then when they latch onto your helmet, like, it's a terrifying enemy. It really <laughs> like is. The- <laughs> and the only way to shake it off is by going into a morph ball and then trying to blow it off. And, yeah, it's they're, they're kind of frightening, especially towards the end where they're, the like, the black Metroids, the Phazon Metroids. Oh, man, they're a pain. Yeah. Oh, man. But <laughs> I would just remember, like, I'd get to a point, like, if I heard the Metroids, for the most part, I'd be like, I'm not even dealing with them. I'm just going to run or, like, try to run away from them. Yeah. 
Well, and that that leads to our gameplay, um, which is fine. I, I think we've we've gone through graphics just fine. Yeah. But that the the impact site, like I I went into it and I'm like, okay, I know how to kill these guys. So like, I'll just go in and I'll try and clear the room, and then I'll make my way you know, to the, to the boss room. Well, come to find out it's not going to be that easy because there's the Metroids just keep spawning. So like there is no clearing the room. It's just, you just have to make it to the boss room as quickly as possible without taking, you know, with taking as little damage as you possibly can. Yeah. Once I saw that they were just, phasing in and out and they're popping I'm like okay i'm just gonna run and jump yep. and do what i can and it made it at least easier that when you got to like the point in the end battle like where you're killing like the metroids like after you get through that first phase and everything like that that you get health drops so i'm like usually getting a health drop during a like a boss battle like doesn't really happen so i at least appreciated that <laughs> yeah i did notice that too and really the final boss with metroid prime for me in my playthrough was significantly easier than some of the bosses that came before it. But you know, you still had that learning curve, but it was possible. Now, when I was fighting the, um, it was the phase on pirate. Oh yeah. And it was like the super phase on pirate. And I'm trying to hit this thing and it's literally invincible to every single attack. And the only way you could hit it is if you're in x-ray mode during a very specific time. And like, that's, that's baloney to me. Now, you know, the Metroid prime has, you know, phases and it has, you know, very clear direction of how to deal damage to it. So, you know, from that point of view, it was significantly easier, you know, than some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah I want to say with that phase on pirate thing, as I was on that for a while, and I'm sitting there like, I don't know what to do right now. And, like, I damaged them somehow, and I didn't know how I did it. I think I was just, like, running around, like, shooting stuff while it was charging up, and yeah. I just, like, hit his invincible body, and a lot of damage, and, sitting, and I was like, well, how did I do this? Like, <laughs> I'm damaging them. How did I exactly damage them? And it took a little bit to be like, oh, because then it's like you figure out that he's going to the pools and everything like that, and then you can hit him. But it took me a little while to figure that out. And it's like from past experience with that with that fight, past experience says, okay, if they're disappearing, you can see them with the x-ray visor. But when I switch to the x-ray visor, it's like he just like flies away. And you don't see where he goes because then after he flies away, he summons in some pirates that you have to fight. So then you switch back to a normal visor to fight the pirates. By then, he spawned back in again. So it's like, how how am I supposed to hit this stupid there thing? Actually, there actually is a tell, like, if you look, even in, your, in the regular visor, like, you can tell what pool he's at when he's invincible because he'll pop in at some point. And then, like, it'll start charging, and, like, you can see it, like, in the pool, like, things, like, it, it looks different, things are happening, 
And you're like, oh, that's the pool he's at. And then you can turn on the x-ray visor and there he is and you can see him charging up. Yeah, I realized that after, I think you had told me that you need to be watching for him to do that. And after I realized that that's what he was doing, then it was like, oh, I understand. Like, I understood before that he was respawning in the pools, but I didn't see him, like, charging until he already had his armor back on. So it was like... From my point of view, before I knew that, from my point of view, he was invincible. Like, he had his armor on, you could break off his armor, and then he floated away and disappeared, but I never was do- actually doing any damage to him. Yeah. So, yeah. And that wasn't the only time that I had a problem like that. There was um, a, pretty much any boss that vanished was just a pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know like you're having problems with the one drone in that room. Yeah, the ghost, the ghost <laughs> balls. <laughs> yeah, the ghost balls. And I didn't have nearly that kind of problem because I think when I just went in there, I just started shooting at the invisible thing and I had my pulse rifle out, like the pulse beam. Yeah. And it took him out. So I was just like, okay, it's just a, like an invisible enemy. And I, like that's just all it was was a cloaked drone. But it's easy to see how like, you know, when I was sitting there watching you do it, you're, you know, you're like, oh, well, this thing looks like it can be blown up. It says it's weak. And you're like, you know, you're doing all these things because you're, you're like trying to connect this stuff. You're like, this is what I need to do to like take this offline and everything like that. And like when it ends up being you just shoot it with your pulse rifle, it's like the game got you thinking like harder than what you should have. Right. Yeah. And because I think that that was my problem is I was looking for more because when I first came into that room with the drone. I'm shooting at him with everything I have, and it looked like everything was bouncing back. And after you had told me, just hit it with the wave beam, I went in there and was starting to hit it with the wave beam, and it still didn't really look like I was doing anything to him. Like, even after he died, I'm like... I, I didn't think I was doing any damage to him. Like it didn't, there wasn't any like strong tell that I was actually <laughs> inflicting any damage. I think what made it appear to me is like, I think by that time you had the invisible, uh, uh whatchamacallit, the invisible space pirates, I think by that point. Yeah. I think you saw them in a couple points. Yeah. And like, you know, either when they'd come up to physically attack you or when you'd shoot them and hit them, they would just appear. So like when you'd hit the drone and everything, you would kind of see like it uncloak for a little bit or you'd see its outline. So it'd be like, Oh, that I think I'm hitting it. Yeah. So by the way, just by making it kind of appear, you know, it was kind of like the space pirates. Now I will say, I think an area you and me both had problems with was the first time we met the ghost, uh, chozos yeah yep i ran around for a while and i did not know what to do and i read the thing and i I actually that's one point where i actually went and looked up a guide because i was sitting there and usually like a lot of the times when i was playing the game i would have to play before work yeah so it's like you know i'd get in some time crunches and i would never really want to lose too much time you know, so like dying, if I ended up dying to a boss wasn't an option. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, and I, I believe just... before that room, you do all these things before you get to an, the next save, which is after that room. So it's like <laughs> you've done all these things and then you come across this ghost Chozo. The last thing you want to do is yeah. die. Yeah. And, you know, I read the description and it's like and it cannot be like killed by like these certain means and everything like that and then uh, you know i come to realize when i looked it up you're like oh that just means you need to use your regular like your regular beam missiles or super missiles 
I'm like, oh, I'm like, it really was that easy. Like I was sitting there like, oh, what do I got to do? Like I was jumping into that, the statue, trying to like roll up in a ball, do a bomb. Like, you know, what am I, what am I trying to do? And then I found that out. And then it was just like, oh, okay. I made this a lot harder for myself than I, I needed had, it to be. And then, I had exactly the same problem. I walked into that room and I'm like, oh no, a ghost. And then I'm like trying to shoot it. And when I first started to attack it, it seemed like the the weapons I was shooting at it was ricocheting off of them. And it, it the way that I remember it is I cycled through all of my weapons available at the time. Because I think all you have at that moment is like the wave beam and the regular missile or something like that. And, um, so I'm shooting everything that I have at it and everything seems to be bouncing off or not, or like going through it instead of actually hitting him. So I'm like, well, apparently I'm not supposed to fight him. I'm just supposed to figure something out. So I'm running all over the world. I'm doing the same stuff. I'm going into a ball, trying to go into the statue's arms. That's not working. I can't go back through a door. That's not working. Trying to scan everything. Nothing's really giving me a clear idea of how to shoot this thing. And I think I was like, maybe a half hour into the second round of fighting him when I randomly shot at him just out of frustration and he flashed red, you know, indicating that he took damage. And I'm like, what the heck? I was so angry (laughs) that all I had to do was just regularly shoot it with your regular missiles or beams or whatever. So yeah, those... Those three bosses were my problem. Like, yeah. And the sad part of it is, is like, you know, you're sitting there talking about bosses and I was like, I'm like, I don't even think they're regular bosses. Like they don't have a special name or anything up on top. They're just like ended up being regular enemies that you face, but they felt like boss battles. You yeah. Know? And, and you there's sit there and you a didn't few, know what to do. There's a few enemies in the game where they lock the rooms and they kind of give you this like mini boss where they're regular enemies, but they're a little bit more difficult or they have like a, you know, a gimmick that you got to do to kill them. And you see that a few times throughout the game. I mean, there was, um, the room with the, like the bigger ice, um, like, he has, he has like ice yeah. crystals on his back where you got to shoot the like wave beam at the ice crystals for him to blow up. Um, yeah. You, f- you go into a room with a couple of those and it locks down the room. So it kind of feels like a boss fight, but it's not like it's not like the big boss fights. So like there yeah. is a clear difference. It's just a way to break up the game, I think. Yeah. And the way with like the the ghost enemies like it reminds me of super metroid where there's this one room where it's got like two space pirates in it that you can't damage by shooting them in the front they have to do like their special jump and then kick and then you have to like shoot them with missiles in the back it reminds me of a room like that because you sit there and you're like oh these are enemies i've kind of seen before but then you're not damaging them and you can't get out of the room until you defeat them right and it was just you know sounds like oh so there's some sort of gimmick and then you know, so I sat there and I actually got ahead of you for playing this. I think I beat it a couple days before you and I'm sitting there watching and I'm I'm feeling bad because I, I sense your frustration and I know where you're coming from. And I'm like, I just wanted to tell you, be like, just do this, Danny, just do this. But I didn't want to ruin the game experience for you. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did eventually tell me, but I'm glad that you let me be frustrated because <sighs> When the game puts you in those types of situations, 
there should be tells and ways to figure out what you're supposed to do. And that's part of the reward process when you're playing any video game. You get stuck, you figure it out, and you move on. And, you know, you you feel good about that. Where with these very specific bosses, these three, well, not bosses, bosses, these enemies, um, they were so frustrating because there was no like clear tell, you know, there, there was no like, uh, you know, method of figuring it out. It was just, you know, here's the enemy. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like most games give you something. They, you know, a process of elimination. It seemed from my experience of playing it, all these bosses were kind of invincible to everything that I was firing at it. It seemed that way. Obviously that wasn't the case, but going into it, it seemed like they were invincible to pretty much everything. You're not doing any damage to them. And you know, there's nothing environmentally for you to engage with, to give you that hint. So, you know, here I am just like stuck on this stupid boss with no way of figuring it out outside of just looking it up and you know that it feels it feels crappy when you have to look up a boss just because you know for that to be the only method of figuring it out (laughs) you know it makes me feel bad as a gamer you know because i want to figure it out yeah i usually don't mind looking stuff up depending on like the game but at least like with this i didn't use a guide i i did use a guide to figure out the ghost things because i was like okay and i'm kind of glad i did because i found out that i missed something i was like oh i missed this too <laughs> but other than that i was really just trying to figure out and sometimes like it would probably be just like dumb luck for me to like figure something out yeah and at least with these things with like the visors and like doing all that stuff by the time that you got to metroid prime you know the game sets you up for like sitting there's like oh it's doing these phases and then all of a sudden you have the three visors and you gotta figure out which one it is, and it's like, it set you up to figure out, okay, here's all the stuff you've used through the game, and now you just use all this on the end boss. <laughs> yes. I, I, you're, you're absolutely right, um, but I feel like that the tells were even easier to identify than, like, the space pirate. Because the space pirate, when he vanished, he just straight up ran away. Like, he would go into the floor, he'd go into a wall where you can't see him, and then he pop up later. So like with Metroid Prime, when when Metroid Prime disappears, it's like, okay, well, obviously I need to shift my visor. And like he was instantly in, in your face because he was practically in your face the whole fight anyway. So from that point of view, it was easier because it wasn't like, well, you have this very small 30 second window that if you're not in the right visor, you're not going to be able to see it. And you're going to miss your opportunity to deal damage to him. You know, it was it was different. Um, so from that point of view, for me anyway, it was a lot easier, the final boss alone, than some of these, you know, other seemingly invincible bosses. But, you know, like you said, they absolutely did set you up to, you know, figure out how to fight this thing. Yeah, I mean, so what did you end up giving it for game pl- or for gameplay? For gameplay, I gave it an 8. I gave it a 9. Okay. I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know if me also playing on like the Wii version was a little bit. I still think there's things that they could have done differently. Like for me playing with the Wiimote and everything to switch weapons, you have to hold or you have to hit like 
plus or minus. I can't remember. And then you point either right, left, or up or anything to choose your weapon. Interesting. And yeah, for me, I would much rather just have a button that just cycles through your your beams. Like it would just be so much easier if you just hit a button and then you could just cycle through your beams instead of like having to bring up a menu, like flick right, left, or up. Because you have to do that for the visors too. So did you then have like a cursor on your screen that you could use the Wii remote to kind of shoot with? Yeah, yeah. I there was a reticle. Okay, good. So, I think I would have liked that a lot more because that would have been more like um, like Resident Evil when I played that on the Wii. It would have been a little more interactive that way. Where the GameCube version, all you have is your your main directional stick to be able to move, but then you had to push R or L, one of those two, to lock your you know lock your movement so then all you're doing is moving your you know your crosshair around and then you could unlock your movement or you can you can lock your crosshair in a very specific location and then unlock your movement so that you can run around it was difficult at first there was there was a big learning curve as far as moving and aiming and and all of that but once you figure it out it becomes f- very fluid which is probably the same way with the Wii version yeah, because at first when I first started playing it, I got to like the point where I always got as a kid to like that first, uh, like one of the first bigger bosses, like when you fight that plant thing where you got to oh, like man, knock the beams down the of the butt. sun and everything. Yeah. So like I'm sitting there like I've done that fight many times just from that because that's about the point where I always got and then I'd probably like, quit like shortly after sure. playing that game. And I was like, I don't know if I'm doing this because I was having, like, you know, I was struggling a little bit. Like, the gameplay wasn't bad, but we have the GameCube version, too. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just play that one. I'm like, no. You know, I was looking up, just reading about it. I'm like, I'll just stick with this. You know, this is supposedly a better experience. I'm like, I'm just going to tough it out and learn it. And then by the end, I was like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really glad that I played this version. Because being able to, like, you know, just move around with the control stick and look around with the, you know, just pointing and aiming. And then, like, I set my controller up to where once I hit lock on an enemy, like, it would just lock my reticle on there. And then you could just, like, rotate around and shoot them. But it also gives you the ability to, like, you can focus on an enemy, but then still move your cursor. Like, if you want, like, a little bit more freedom. Hmm. Like, it ended up just being really good. But I did find that sometimes the platforming would be a little bit weird with trying to control, like, you're looking with, like, you know, moving the Wiimote and everything. So I'd be, like, missing jumps here and there and have to go back down to the bottom and start over. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I can't say that any of the platforming... Now, don't get me wrong, I miss platforms, but most of the time, I felt like that was my fault. Like, it wasn't, you know the game looking in the wrong direction or anything. It was usually that I dropped down on an enemy and then I got hurt and it, like, shot me across the room. So, I mean, from that, from the... Um, platforming point of view it wasn't too bad um yeah like it wasn't a game breaker right but it was you know i still you know i still enjoyed it and i like i thought they did you know a fantastic job of making a 2d game like into a 3d first person game like oh yeah you know going out going out on a limb there because i think it was retro studios who did this for nintendo and i think that was their first game that they did so it's like here's a Nintendo franchise. We want you to make Metroid, and then they go and the they go out on the slam and make it a first-person exploration game with doing all this. And I think that they just 
knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, they really did. And a lot of the puzzles were really well designed. Um, you know, I, for the most part, I really enjoyed just exploring and just finding new rooms and finding some of the, the power, the hidden power ups. And, you know, when you see a puzzle and it's like, oh man, I really want to take on this puzzle, but I need, you know, the spider ball or I need the plasma gun, you know, that, that was a little frustrating, but like, it still made you like, as soon as you get the spider ball, like, oh man, I need to find that room so that I can, you know, figure out what I need to, you know, what's, what's hidden there, you know? Yeah. They made it feel like it should. It felt like a 2d Metroid game that you got to play in third person. Like I could see being able to play this as a side scroller. Like if they created the world, like it's like the exact same stuff. You go to a room and it's like, you know, it's 3d Metroid, (laughs) you know, they did it. (laughs) They did. And they did it really well. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I think for me, the biggest issue was those couple boss fights. That's why I knocked it down a few points, but overall, like gameplay wise, it felt great. It was a lot of fun just exploring and figuring stuff out. Um, the, another huge maybe is, is, um, sorry, one of the bigger downfalls for me too was some of the backtracking where it's like you go to this really far spot in the map and then all of a sudden it's like, uh-uh, now you got to go to the other side and it's like, oh man, and then you got to backtrack back to the, you know, the overworld and then you got to figure out how to get back to that other spot that you had been to a million times. Yeah, and I know that that's given like in a Metroidvania game that you're always yeah. going to be doing the backtracking, but I understand because like if you figure something out, like I actually forgot to go to the Chozo ruins like early on. So by the time I finished all the bosses, I got back there. I was like, Oh crap. I was supposed to find all these relics. So then I went back to like, find all of these. And I, I tuned into one of your streams where you're like, you were trying to shoot the tower down. Like, in Oh the, yeah. I never morning. did figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you were shooting the tower down and then you're like, you're going in order and you're going to go all the way across to get another one. That's when I was trying, I was trying to tell you, I was like, uh, like you should look through your other relics. Cause there was another one in the snow area. Yeah. And I was like, I, like, I don't want him to go all the way there. Like if he's like this close to another one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, and I've, I realized that as I was going, like, look at all your missing relics as you're going along to try and figure out which, you know, which ones are actually closer. And, you know, by the time I realized that I actually had to unlock all of the relics, I only had like five that I were missing. So then I had to backtrack and get those last like five. And there wasn't that many of them. It was mostly the ones that were kind of out of the way. I, I think I had 11. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Yeah I, yeah. I got all the way through the game and then I went back and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that this is a thing. The cool so I was like, thing okay, is, I'm just going to go. The cool thing is that they give you hints in your log. So, you know, as as you're trying to find them, you just look it up in your log and it tells you, sometimes it tells you exactly what room you're supposed to be in, or it gives you hints of, you know, it's in, you know, the, it's in the, the ice area, but you, you're looking for a tower. So it's like, okay, where have I seen towers at? You know, and you kind of head that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, gameplay, it, it really did stick true to the Metroid, you know, the, the few games that came before it, it stuck true to that, 
platforming metroidvania style but the first person view of that changed everything and it was nice to see that they stuck with that with the you know metroid prime 2 and 3 that i haven't really played a whole lot of but a little bit but it's just nice to see that they kept that yeah so let's go ahead and move on to music what do you say you got anything else for gameplay gameplay no okay so music i gave it a 9 out of 10 what'd you give it i gave it a 10 all right all right So I I really enjoyed it. Like the music was really good. I felt like going through like the Magmore like caverns and everything like that and seeing how they reused like old music and everything and brought it in. It was just like, oh, this is great. And then like they use like the sound effects for like when you found power up items and just I felt like everything was really good. The sounds of the weapons, the Metroids, like I felt like it was just a really great soundtrack and really great sound effects. My one point, um, I was going to give it a 10 and I got to thinking about it. And I'm like, they're the boss. It's not the boss fight. It's, it's that music that plays when you're locked in a room that like panic music and it, it normal circumstances. It's fine. But man, when I was fighting that ghost Chozo guy and I was in that room for well over an hour with that music just playing over and over and over and oh my gosh, my ears hurt, my head hurt. I actually had to turn (laughs) the volume off on my game so that I could actually focus on what I was doing because it was so like pounding. And for that one situation alone, I'm like, it, it. It's not worthy of a 10, maybe a nine, not a 10, not a 10. I mean, don't get me wrong. The music in this game is amazing. I mean, I would easily play this, the soundtrack alone, just because the game is so like very similar to super Metroid, just like super, you know, like perfect for each world. Like the ice world had that whimsical chili vibe to it. And the sound effects fit so well. And like you go into the, into the, the mag magmar cave and it's like, it's got the bubbly sound to the magma and you know, you really can feel the difference that literally in the audio alone, you can feel the temperature difference. It's just, it's so, (laughs) it's so great the way that they fit that in. And then the final boss, the final boss had awesome music, the way that they like reused that, like Metroid prime, like, um, melody that you've kind of been listening to throughout the rest of the game. The way that they reorchestrated that to be this like boss music was really cool. Yeah, like I, I can understand with like now you have that like uh, that memory now. So if you ever heard that music again for the ghost things, you're yeah. always going to be brought back to that place and be like, oh, every time I, hated I know, that. <laughs> like every time. So I can understand being knocked down for that. But like, everything else, like you said, it was just phenomenal. Like I would like to own the soundtrack and I would listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. The there's that feeling of curiosity that when you hear that that hum of the power-ups in the distance like oh no what am i missing there's something in this room like i gotta figure this out i had that so many times when you're walking you're just casually going from point a to point b and you walk into a room and it's like that wow wow like uh oh what did i miss you know yeah. 
<laughs> and the the one that got me is like you know obviously is the Magmore Caverns because when you, I heard that I was like, oh I'm like this is from like the the lava era or area from Super Metroid. It's a yep. remix of the Lower North era. I'm like I love that they just reuse that music. Yeah, like when they did that, they just kind of remixed it. I'm like oh that, I'm like that's awesome right there taking like a familiar song and just doing that i mean i we're used to that a little bit you know like hearing like final fantasies where they use like similar themes but change them up a little bit but it's right. always just nice when you hear that stuff yep exactly yeah so they did they did amazing in every aspect i mean the enemies sounded cool what what few enemies actually made a noise um i think the most notable ones were um the space pirates you could always tell when one of when one of the rocket launcher or the um the jetpack space pirates were in the air like oh no yeah. like where is he i can't see him but he's around here somewhere yeah oh man or when you'd walk into the room and you'd hear the metroid sound oh yeah and you're like oh crap there's a metroid in here. <laughs> there's a metroid in here somewhere a metroid is loose and then you're like frantic yeah you're frantically scanning to see if it like saw you or not <laughs> yep yeah. yep and and when well, it did they did they did really I, I liked how the metroid oh. when it found you and it was hunting you down it would like pause in front of you and kind of back up a little bit and then dart and it's like oh no here it comes <laughs> kind of bracing yeah. yourself for it <laughs> and then it latches on and you start freaking out yep because <laughs> you can't hit it well, the best you can do is go into a morph ball oh man i i really enjoyed that <laughs> good so overall, I gave it an eight out of ten for my overall experience. I gave it a nine out of ten. All right. I I really really enjoyed this game, and when I was done and I sent you the picture of the completed screen, I was sitting there and I was with Michaela, and I was like, I want to play the intro to the second one just to see how it starts off, and then I ended up playing that for three hours, oh, like after I got nice. done beating the first Metroid. So I just ended up like keep going. Like I just wanted to keep playing the game. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. I, I'm sure that we'll continue the series. I mean, I've really enjoyed the few Metro games that we've played so far. There were a few kind of irritating moments uh, with this playthrough. And I mean, I understand, you know, now that I've played them, it's like, oh, well, obviously there was a way to beat it. But in the heat of the moment, it was so infuriating but, you know, I still would like to play the rest of the series, the Metroid, at least the Metroid Prime series, especially with Metroid Prime 4, like, right, getting ready to release at some point in the near future. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, this got me excited for that. And I haven't even played 2 and 3, but it got me excited for 4 and don't want to play 2 and 3 until, you know, before yeah. it comes out. Yep, yep. So I'm sure that and we'll then, revisit this. Oh, yeah. And like just watching this, I was sitting, you know, there there was frustrating things, like you said. And I think hopefully that, you know, maybe some things can be improved in the other games. Like I've already noticed some improvements in two, but I won't talk about it because we'll just save it for <laughs> when good. we end up getting there. But yeah, I did I, I made the joke to Michaela when we watching you, you stream, I was like Maybe I shouldn't ask Danny to play Dark Souls. <laughs> and I was like, maybe, I'm like, maybe I'll stop asking him to play Dark Souls after like, because uh, it's a little bit like it's like the hard parts in Metroid, but also like it's also ramped up a little bit. So if there's things that you didn't like about like you know not knowing things, like it's ramped up a little bit in those games too. Well, again, I don't mind a boss being difficult. 
or mm. having a gimmick that you have to you have to figure out. It's when all of your efforts that the game has given you so far seem to fail and you're still left with nothing and nothing le- nothing else to even do and that's when it's more frustrating, you know, like most yeah. games that I've played, and I haven't played a Dark Souls game, so I have no idea what I'd be getting into, but like most games that I've played, when you get stuck, there's something that you're missing and it's just, you got to figure out that puzzle piece of, okay, what is it that I'm missing? And then you backtrack or you, you level grind a little bit or something to try and compensate for whatever it is that you've missed. And with these couple boss fights that I struggled with, it was just, it felt to me like the game missed something that they could have delivered to me a little bit better. Where, you know, like Dark Souls, if that is their intention to, you know, make you work to figure it out, then that is the reward is that you got to figure it out and then you do. And then, you know, you, you beat the boss, but you know, I feel like this game didn't deliver those instructions very well. See, and I think that might also differ in our little bit of experiences because obviously the game came out 18 years ago now. Right. Yeah. And I'm coming from playing dark souls and like seeing that to coming back to this. So it's like, Oh, you know, some of these are like, you know, mechanics that made it into like these later games that I've been playing. So it's like, you know, I'm, I see these connections here and I'm able to be like, okay, yeah, this is like this. I can, you know, uh, you know, going through that, like I was able to just perceive that a little bit more, but I still even had my own problems. Right. Yeah. You know, so like if I would have went into it, like, you know, if this was like an experience that's like more newer to me, I can see how that would be, especially like frustrating sure like to someone who's a new player and like picks this up and doesn't want to do it like you know it could be like oh well this just kind of sucks why do i have to do this right yeah especially if you're if you're not scanning and you're not reading you're not doing anything you're just like kind of playing these games like you're just playing it you know you're gonna sit there and be like well this just sucks (laughs) yeah no i mean you know again most of the game I had zero problems with. It was just a couple that threw me the curveball where I just, I missed like one observation that would have changed it. You know, like the phase on pirate had, I just noticed that the pools were charging before he appeared. I think I would have figured it out and I would have put the two together, but I didn't, I didn't notice it. Yeah. And same with like, I, the the drone had i noticed that the drone's shield had gone down when i fired the the wave beam at it i probably would have figured that out and even same with the ghost had i noticed when i was firing at the ghost that the one beam happened to be dealing any damage to it no i don't know i think that one ghost was still jacked up at the beginning yeah i don't know i <laughs> I, I also feel that like near the end when they started throwing enemies at you that were weaker to like different kinds of weapons you know when they start throwing like three or four different kinds of you at in the same room at the same time like that's where i felt like it would have been better to have a quick change for either your mask your visors or your weapons because it's like okay i need to focus on one enemy so i'd have to like pull up my menu switch to the other thing shoot that one then i'd have to pull it up again switch to the other one where if i could just flick through buttons like just button press, it would just make that a lot easier to cycle through. Yeah, so that's how the GameCube version is. 
your your D-pad is your visor, and then your C-stick is your weapon choices. So, like, you can... It, it was just a quick, like, button push to switch between the different weapons. So, yeah, I could see where that would be a big problem to have to yeah. go into a menu, switch your weapons, mm-hmm. and then exit the menu. And, yeah, that would be annoying. Yeah, and it's, it's not like... It wasn't horrible because, like, the action's still going on the screen, so it's not it's not like a real like pause menu and everything, but it's supposed to be like a quick flip, but you know, you're pointing, so you kind of move move your cursor over, select, and then you come out, and then of course your cursor's like looking at yeah, the right hand side. Yeah, you've lost your aim. So you got to go back a little bit. So it was just a little frustrating, but like I said, once you get used to that, it's just it's only those rooms where they have like four different enemy types and you need four different like weapons and stuff like that. Sure. And actually like when we were doing like the Metroid prime battle, I had that problem with like the Metroids and stuff near the end. I was like, man, there's so many of them. And then on my second play, my second time on the boss, I realized you could just use the phase on like power up and just like eliminate any enemy. Like when you stood in the pools and everything like that, I was like, Oh, well that makes this a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that you could have utilized that phase on beam more in the main game. Like that would be awesome. Just annihilate everything. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting there that first time just trying to take out the Metroids and then scan and like get Metroid prime with the other stuff. And yeah, it it was a long battle where I actually (laughs) almost did it, but then I just ended up running out of health because they were throwing too many enemies at me and I just wasn't being able to do it fast enough. Hmm, and I was like, oh, man. So then I had to do the whole fight over again. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I fought him twice. But the, the first yeah, the second time, time was a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, the first time that I fought him, I think I died because uh, I was, like, learning his, like, spider attacks. And he shot the balls at you. Like, when you, depending on what what weapon you have to shoot him with, he would shoot like a specialty like orb at you that you can shoot down. And I didn't realize that you could shoot those down until the second time I had played. Like the first time I got like really close to beating him and then I died just because I ran out of health. Then the second time I like just annihilated him and I had no problems with the second phase whatsoever. Yeah, the second time I was just like, oh, okay, this is a lot easier. Right, yep. But yeah, so like overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too, me too. It's definitely a little bit different for me. I think this is only my second first-person shooter for the podcast. The other one was um, Half-Life. Half-Life. <laughs> yep, yep. So, you know, it's it's a little bit different, but I still, being that it was a Metroid game, like, it changed my train of thought. Like, I was more interested just because it's Metroid. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe I would like more first-person shooters just because I do like this game so much. So maybe it might open my eyes to play a few other games like this. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially, like, if you could find some that are, like, kind of in the vein of Metroidvania, like, like a first-person Metroid game, like, exploration, you know, with yeah. the things that you like to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, for me, that's a 42 out of 50. And uh, do you have your total there? I think it's a 45. It is a 45. 45? All right. So, that's a so 87 that's out of 100? 87. Yeah, so that is a B plus. 
and it's well deserved. I think Super Metroid was in the A range, um, and I I think so. I think it was the first A. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, it was uh, in the upper or the mid nineties. I don't remember. Anyway, um, but I I. I see that difference. Like there's definitely room for improvement. And I hope that, you know, Metroid prime two and three kind of fix some of those areas that need improvement and they turn into significantly better games, but you know, we won't know until we get there. So we will see. I'll try to hold off and not beat two until we play it. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds, I mean, you know, if you play it, you play it. Maybe we'll just have to wait a little longer for, um, before we start Metroid prime (laughs) two. Well, we got no shortage of games here. Yeah, so. I know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, guys, thank you all so much for listening to this, uh, this podcast from Metroid Prime. Our next podcast episode is Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I'm not really sure how far Kaylee is on that game, but I'm a little over halfway, I think. So I'm definitely in the in the clear for beating this game before our deadline time. Um, and I'm thinking about streaming it too. So we'll see. I, I'm thinking about playing it again and streaming it. So we'll see exactly how much time I have um, for this next month. But yeah, that's our next game. So Brandon, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank hope, you for having me. Yeah, of course. I hope we uh, we get another game here soon. I'm sure that there's so many other games that I'm sure that we could pick up and play. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. 